Hello. Hello. Uh, I have a confession to make, actually, and I don't know why this just popped into my head right now. <laughs> okay. Starting off. Is, is this going to be an anticlimactic dumb one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I figured. I was just thinking about, <laughs> I am possibly the world's worst hydrator. Yeah. I, mean, I did think last night, I did drink that one bottle of water. That was a big That was win. a big bottle of water, though. I mean, Marcus had a couple of sips, but... Yeah, it was still a big bottle of water. You know people drink like five of those a day. I see people walking around with gallons. Not much anymore, because I don't see anybody walking around. But, you know, previously... To me, that's like walking around with a boulder attached to your leg. I I honestly... the I don't know why it's so hard for me to drink water. You realize how ridiculous this I is. I know. That's why it's a confession. Yeah, well, hey, sometimes that's a good goal for you. It's yeah. A good goal. Yeah, I'm going to... I mean, you should have to be going t- to the bathroom like every hour. Then you know you're hydrated. I think that's mal... I think that's terrible advice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that well, would mean you have a kidney problem. I mean, like, I like sometimes when I'm like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. I mean, oh, good. Like, I drank a lot of water. I mean, sometimes that is an indicator. Like, if you haven't had to go to the bathroom for hours, that's probably not a good sign. Hours, days even. Right. Well, that's not what we're talking about. No. Hydration and uh, what's the other? What's uh, Greg Glassman's? What was that? Who the fuck knows? Hyponatremia. (laughs) Hyponatremia. Um... Yeah. So we're here at home. Riley's dogs. constantly digging into my hand. What are we talking about today? I don't know. We were going to talk about last night. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is actually like a serious topic, but yeah. now we've totally... Well, we've broken ruined the, ice. the theme with talking about your ridiculous hydration and yeah. No, I um, I guess the last podcast we did, there was like I did allude to, or we did touch on like some of my own personal struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I don't want to say that like last night it came it came to a head because that sounds like I've just been going down and down and down in a spiral for weeks. And I don't think that's really accurate. Mm-hmm. I think what tends to happen is it's sort of more like a wave, you know, for people. And my, I guess my purpose of sharing last night and kind of where I, what I've been experiencing is in hopes that it not normalizes it for people, but just there is some sort of relief in feeling like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one struggling. I find a lot of value in listening to podcasts with people who have had their own struggles, are real, and still have managed to accomplish big things. You know? It's not just like you're you're broken or you're just amazing and crushing the world. It's, It's a very... It's a mix of things. But... I posted about it today because I felt like it was kind of an interesting way that things transpired and your response as my husband who can't help but also know what you know about coaching and people Mm -hmm. 
it wasn't probably if you had asked me like, hey, how do you want Bill to respond? That was definitely not what I would have said I wanted, Mm -hmm. but it was probably what I needed. Uh, So it was a lot. So where do we begin? I would say this. I think, I think that everyone is really struggling right now. When like, you say struggling, though, like, can you define that? Because I think that's like sort of a blanket term. Well, and- sure. I think, I think people are absolutely feeling the impact of a year of a pandemic, lockdowns, social political unrest, financial turmoil, um, isolation, uh, and here in the Northeast, or well, as of today, pretty much the entire fucking country, a hard, cold winter with lots of snow, lots of gray. Like, so the environment, the physical environment isn't exactly mm-hmm. helping things. Right. And so by struggling, I mean, just like feeling the impact and the influence of all of those in a heaviness that is weighing people down and perhaps showing up in ways that, or making things in their life that otherwise would have been more enjoyable, easier to do, like not really having to think about, like Mm -hmm. those are now becoming burdensome or heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe there's like some exhaustion. I think there's a sense of fatigue yeah, there's no moment of relief or levity. Yeah. That's what it feels like. So, yeah. And so I guess that's, I know I'm struggling um, with with some of this. And, you know, so I'm struggling because it's like, you know, you're trying to, I'm, I'm trying to build between ears. We're trying to build between ears. We are We're trying to do good things. We want to help people. And... On the one hand, it's like you want to help yourself as well, but there's really like, well, how do you even do that? When you when you don't know how to answer the question, how can, if someone were to ask you, hey, how can I help you? And you're mm-hmm. like, ah, I don't know. And that's like a real question that I think our listeners, I know I've been, I've had mentors and people I respect come up to me and say, I'd like to help you. How can I help you? And it's like, wow, this is a great opportunity. I don't know. I don't know. And then you kind of beat yourself up. So, you know, asking, or if you're listening, being like, well, take five people whose opinions you respect and, you know, close your eyes and envision them looking you in the eye and smiling and saying, hey, I'd like to help you. How can I help you? And I think that's an interesting experiment to go through. How it comes to me is sometimes I don't know how I can help myself either. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what about workouts? What about more work? And so you kind of bury yourself or hide behind some things that, you know, you don't know if they're working or not. Like, honestly, like the the, the deployment part of this feels like you don't really get to see the fruits of your labor in, in, in a sense. Well, you don't really... I mean, in the example we're talking about, like last night, I do think I have done things that should be helpful or could be helpful, but you don't know if they're really helpful or not until you realize, oh shit, those, those aren't helping. 
And it's sort of like a delayed like response. Well, so like when we were talking about what to talk about today, one of the things that came up was maybe like self-care, how we can do self-care. And what I said to you is, well, I was doing self-care. I, I was engaging in things like an am, like, okay, taking time to like a few weeks ago when, we said, when I talked about being like super tired and fatigued, coming home, taking a bath, doing a workout, spending time for myself, going to my riding lesson, you know, like, but that doesn't always mean that it's going to work. And so <clears throat> there's also things on the other side of those, like, you know, okay, workouts. Well, maybe I was, you know, ex- I, I was expending energy I didn't have and distracting myself from really identifying what was going on by doing a workout. And it's just like, you don't know. It's not to say workouts are bad or wrong or, but like until last night, it was like, well, those, those, a lot of those things, I think for me were actually distractions from what the bigger problem was. Which is? Well, and for me, what we talked about is, yeah, I actually like really my, my perspective and not being honest with myself and kind of thereby being in a place of being a victim. Yeah. Which was really hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but at the same time, I think one of the things you said that was really like helpful in then like, okay, then looking at those things, self-help things, then you can look at them from a different place. But I think for me, I was looking at those as sort of these solutions, but until like you really work on what's actually the problem then they're not going to fix anything. You're just going to really dig yourself deeper into mm. like why. And then it's like, well, why aren't these working? So would you say that you, those things that you were doing were generally like the what kind of things? Yeah. yeah. So we have, a there's model. nothing wrong with those and they're no, important. They but, exist. They have yeah. to have a place, yeah. but I think that's the thing, you know, that's the, to whatever the, the quote that we had on our team was that, you know, the problem is the solution is mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think when we look at only the what, so you were journaling, you were working out, you were horseback riding, you were swimming, mm-hmm. you were cooking. You put all those things on paper and it's like, what the fuck? Like you're killing it. You're doing awesome. Right. You're doing all the right things. Those things though were still generally... Like those were just the what, those were just the, like those were the solutions, Mm -hmm. but those weren't the solutions to the problem. And the problem, the solution to the problem was that, you know, you have to look deeper and, and, you know, more honest and where, what is driving those what's, you know, what is, what do you have going on within you? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the challenges with, with any of this space and yeah, in the self care or self help or whatever space, it's like any and all of those could be good. Right. But, but they can't just be the answer. Can't just be the answer, you know? And yeah, it was interesting because I think the thing, sort of the straw that broke the camel's back or the moment of like realization of these are just, these really are just the what's is that the other day in the middle of the day after, you know, did some work, then picked up the kids. We went snowboarding and then came back. So kind of sandwiched being able to go snowboarding with the kids in there. And it was great. 
and when I was there, like it was an opportunity to be present. But I, I kind of like on the way back started feeling all the anxiety because mm-hmm. it was just this like pause, which is super valuable. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of realizing like, why isn't this undoing all these mm-hmm. things I'm feeling? Now I'm driving back home and I'm feeling them all come back. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that was sort of a thing like, okay, now at the time I wasn't thinking that in hindsight, which is 2020. I realized that, but like that was sort of where the slow where the, not slow, like the sort of falling off the cliff maybe is a better thing. Um, And I guess it is, and it's not about promoting what we do. It's more about like why it's important for us to be in this space is like, I honestly don't know without talking to you last night that I really would have come to that realization of like what needs to be quote unquote fixed. Like, and for you, what is that? Um, I mean, I hate to say just this. I think like saying being a victim, like, okay, but that's sort of, I think what it really comes down to is, so the victim mentality being, if I'm honest with myself, like, ugh, like, like, yeah, life is hard for me. I'm not, and I'm not saying this is exactly what I think, but this is, like life is so hard and I have to do this and I have to do that and there's no time for this. We can't go here and kind of, I mean, yes, there's some woe is me, but just really focusing on like how hard everything is mm-hmm. and and kind of what it's taking away, the subtract, everything's a subtraction. Yeah. And And so I think that's really one of the things you said is like the first thing to do is to really be honest like really honest with the stuff that you kind of, not to other people, but to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is really easy to not want to admit that because then there's a whole other thing like, well, really am I that person that like, that's how I'm approaching my life. And it is hard to say like, I think the thing is, and another thing you've said, and this is where I'm getting I'm back to kind of where I started this sentence is like people do need support. People do need someone. I don't know, coach, therapist. Like I do truly believe someone needs somebody to help them in an objective way, like see some of the stuff. Because, yeah, I guess otherwise it's just kind of you're, you're perpetuating the same stuff. Um, yeah. There's an irony in this, though, that one of your things is you want to be somebody who feels capable of doing hard things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a common thing, you know, and like in fitness, yeah, I especially, be a it's capa- like, but I want to be a capable human that doesn't just like shy away from hard things or adversity. But then on the flip side, the victim says, everything I do, uh, this right. is also hard. So, you know, that's where I think looking at okay, so what is emotional fitness? What is mental fitness? Forget physical fitness, but what are those things? And it's like, can we identify perhaps paradoxes or not even paradoxes, but and I don't mean this in a accusatory way, but like um, hypocritical thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Fallacy type thinking where it's like, on the one hand, you're saying this, but then there's that. So creating these conflicts, seeing how opposing thoughts that are both 
attached to our who and our identity and our deeper being, like there's a conflict here because mm-hmm. you you want to be someone who who is capable of rising in a time of adversity. That mm-hmm. means something to you because whatever, whatever. But then you're going through life through those hard moments with, <laughs> with you're throwing me off. You're going you through those. In my face. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. You're going through those hard moments, not with the connection to fuck yeah, like this well, is because just what you I don't want. Have it's, that that and and like to your point of the what's is like you don't have the like who, because the who is really so if you're not grounded to that. For me, my experience has been like I'm good with doing those hard things when I'm feeling good. But then when it becomes a lot, all of a sudden, I don't feel tethered. I don't feel anchored. I feel like I let those just pull me out of like, out of that place of like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And I can be present. I can be gratitude. I can slow down. I can adjust. It becomes just like, oh, like like resentment. It it turns into resentment. Mm -hmm. It's very, if you're not grounded in actually like why or who you are and, and where you're coming from with that. I do think that can turn into that. And the one thing I was going to say before that kind of pulled me off track, I think the reason the victim stuff or some of this is hard to, or a way to look at it that, not to make it not feel bad, because it, yeah, it is hard. It is hurtful sometimes to to say like, yeah, I've this is how I've been being. But you've talked about this as well. Is like, there's a difference between how I'm behaving and like, like, that's a behavior. Like I've been acting like a victim. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I'm like fundamentally a shitty human. No. Even though I go to that place. When I hear like you're being a victim, I take that and I let it just, I believe like, okay, well, I'm just a horrible person. I just, just move away. <clears throat> right. Versus saying like, okay, can I see that this is like behavior that I've been engaged in? Um, and how do I... This is the thing I'm going to say about the victim that I think is a challenge for everyone. The victim is one of the big, most, most understood archetypes that is absolutely inherent to every single person. The victim is hardwired into our evolutionary physiology. The purpose of the victim, let me backtrack. The victim is often looked down upon. You're having a victim mindset. You're being a victim here. And it's, I would say, not 100% of the time, 99.9% of the time, it is viewed as, unless, you know, it is viewed as a negative thing. Don't be the victim. Yeah. Right? Is a big thing. Okay. Got it. However... What is the role of victim energy? What is the role of a victim experience? Nobody would say to a survivor of domestic violence, sexual assault, war, poverty, ever, anything. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be an, a victim. It right. invalidates the very real experience right. that they are the part of. The struggle that they endured. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, don't be a victim. Thanks for literally nothing Mm. really so what's the purpose of the victim 
Well, the victim, the purpose of the victim is to put out a cry for help. And that is something we're, we're social creatures. Our nervous systems communicate. We're, we, we live in families and tribes and packs and all of that. And so if there is something done oppressively or violently and targeted towards somebody and they're on the receiving end of something, yes, they're absolutely a victim. Right. Okay. Well, we so. understand it almost more like a noun. Like we can accept that. Right. Right. So one of the things with the victim, my mindset, mentality, whatever, it's an indicator of something deeper and greater that, that perhaps needs to be explored. I don't think it's, I don't think it's helpful at all to tell people don't be something that, that they, that they didn't really choose anyway. Mm-hmm. Like for whatever, for whatever your reasoning is going into it, you're not waking up every day being like, you know what? I'm going to put my victim pants on and I'm going to do that today. I'm yeah. going to victim my way through today. You're not doing that. It's, it's usually a subconscious, automatic, not sure. really intentionally In hindsight, thought of. you see it. In but hindsight, when you're you in see it, it, it's a lot more challenging. So what's the purpose of the victim? The purpose of the victim is to get help and support from others because you've just been okay, victimized. But so when you're so in this context, because we, we can all understand it, I think, in the context of like an assault or something like that where someone is a victim. But so like, would you say that people right now, like, so for me for the past few weeks, let's uh-huh. say, cause that's when we've sort of identified that things started becoming very challenging for me. Would you say that like, I was, you know, or people or whatever, like was being a victim, like rightfully so, like not rightfully so, but like, that you saw the, my behavior for the past few weeks as a cry for help? Mm-hmm. Like, or people right now, like, so say someone is operating, say one of our, let's just say a, a client. Okay. You go into the gym tomorrow and client A is saying like, is exhibiting signs of being a victim. Like, yeah, and this is just so hard. And then this and that, da, 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 da. and it's everybody else's fault, blah, blah, blah. Yeah how do you look at that client? Like, okay, this person needs my support. They need help. They need, they're being, they're being victimized by whatever's going on in their life. Like, how do you, because me, I'm your wife. It's a little bit tricky, but do you see people when they're acting like that? Like that's, I guess there's people that are chronic victims who never. Well, and I think, so that's the problem. I think, and, and, and there's the acute situation, which is like, so-and-so, you know, either something was done to them. The victim kind of says like something is being done to me and woe is me. Mm-hmm. And not in like the roll your eyes, woe is me, no, but like yeah. something is being done to me. That's that, that, that I don't deem to be positive or right. beneficial. Well, that could be legitimate. You know what I mean? Um, when that turns into your general outlook on life, right. that's where we need to then triage it with, and do you think sometimes people are the longer it goes i suppose when it's not just um one particular um scenario but when that becomes that person's sort of norm i think that's when it's really hard to cultivate awareness around it or because that's just how they see everything and i guess that's the thing last night that i see it as like a perspective like that was helpful in me and like Okay, I'm putting on the lens. Again, I'm 
I just find it amazing that like everything I'm saying is stuff that I have learned from your coaching, but whatever the lens of like, you know, you talk about lenses and filters and whatever, but like the problem with that victim place is everything now is like being tainted from that I think place. that's then the filter. So the lens yeah. of the victim sees the, sees the action or the thing for what it really is. Like, and, and if you're looking at, if you are looking at life or a situation as a coach or whatever, through the lens of a victim, mm-hmm. you're seeing what you're seeing, what you're looking through, the physical thing that you're looking through being that allows a lens allows you to see whatever you're looking at with a greater degree of clarity yeah. width, zoom, whatever mm-hmm. lenses don't fundamentally change what you're looking at. Right. So for empathy, you put on your, your victim lens lens and you say and that's kind of a whole thing with frankly a lot of the diversity racism oppression like all of that stuff it might not be your exact thing but you put this tool on and you see the situation you see this human for what it is there in their experience Mm -hmm. okay at the individual level at the victim level the chronic victim they're wearing a filter Mm -hmm. so you take your lens so think about your glasses and you tie-dye them Mm -hmm. well now everything you fucking see is going to look like tie-dye you take those glasses off and you see real world right filter versus lens so the victim the chronic victim sees everything as whatever someone's attacking them okay now the sort of traditional way and i think a lot of the general sort of personal development way different coaches have different approaches to you know, the victim, the victim thing, whatever. And a lot of big names talk about it, but it's been a little while since I've listened to any of them. But nonetheless, what's out there is growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Very, very simple one. Mm-hmm. So you're either like, oh, yeah, something's being done to me, says the victim, or says the whatever category you're going to say is the better one, because you're in, and in doing so invalidate the victim cool, this is happening to me, or good, like, this is happening to me. What can I learn from it? Where's right, the opportunity? Right, right. It's like, Which stop. Sounds uh, it sounds great, great. but guess what? Like, it's geez, not, is it just that simple? It sounds great, but you're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're continuing right. to lie to yourself. and That's just a different filter. That's now just you're a just swapping filter. a filter. Yeah, and, and here's the deal. And, and there's, you know, for surface level things, yeah, that's fine. You can flip the script really quick. And, mm-hmm. and, and not everything does have to be so deep. So if it's like, hey, like, all right, like if you're waiting in line... If you're waiting in line at your destination, wherever, whenever the last time you travel or whenever you will again, and you're going to some tropical fucking mm-hmm. island on an all expenses paid thing, and you get to customs and the line is like three hours long. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, the fucking line is three hours long. It's like, okay, right? Wh- wh- what can we do here? Well, I have three hours of like settling in and you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. hey, asshole, you're on vacation right, right That's now. That's an easy one. That's an That's easy fine. one. So you can flip the script and you can right. kind of say, okay, what's the opportunity here? Well, right. I can look around and be like, wow, it's actually not snowing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. But for what the deep work. What would be the deeper one? Go on. Enough with the fucking lying. Be brutally fucking honest with yourself. And that's the part, I think, about that that victim you're you're lying to yourself when it's a filter mm-hmm. when it's 
every single thing, when it's a chronic victim mindset, when everything you look at, you find the negative. It could be, like, would you say I'm a chronic victim? I don't know. I mean, okay, so I think chronic is too diagnostic in terms of like, I think, is it consistent? Have you been a victim throughout your life? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone has. Mm -hmm. It's not about like, oh, now that's a thing. It's not like you're, you know, it's not like the color of your eyes. Mm -hmm. So if you're exhibiting, if you, if you go towards that victimhood, I think that one of the things with that is it's not to discount what's happening, but it's to be brutally fucking honest. It's mm-hmm. it, That is an invitation for you to be brutally honest. And that might mean saying like, hey, I feel like I am getting my ass handed to me mm-hmm. by life. And frankly, I'm having a hard time identifying why. I understand that there's some good things going on. I get this. I get that. But like putting it in the fucking light mm-hmm. and being truly honest with yourself and that depth of honesty that, you know, you can you can lie to everybody else, but those deeper things that you can't lie to yourself about. And it's not about assigning blame and it's not about saying, yeah, you know what? You're right. This person who's a, who's abusing me. They're actually okay. It's me doing the fault. No, no, no. It's not about that. That's not, that's not that like, you know, kind of misinterpreted extreme ownership shit where you're at the, you're the problem for everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's not, that's not it. But I think that when there is that victimhood, and if you can identify it, that consistently what's happening is you're feeling under attack. Okay. You need to be, you need to sort of, triage that with with brutal honesty mm-hmm. and as a starting point and that's where it might be you saying to someone i need help and therein lies the purpose of the victim right because the victim does need help you see somebody get hit by a car or you hear a cry for help or you see somebody who's down who doesn't, who can't make eye contact, whose shoulders are rolled forward, who's whatever, all of this stuff. You're like, hey, is everything okay? Just want to check in. And when they're like, yeah, no, everything's fine. And it's like, oh, thank God. I don't have to deal with that. But like that, and so I think that's one of the, one of the things. So then the opportunity might not be, hey, convincing yourself your real experience is, is 180 degrees different. Mm-hmm. but where where you can kind of step into, if that made any sense. I don't know if it did or not. Yeah. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is sort of a, a lot to kind of process and finding that it's sort of like a cyclical thing, you know, but, um, but I think the honesty part is good. And I, and I do think to tie it back to like some of what's happening right now. And in my opinion, in my experience is sort of one of the things about lying to ourselves. And it sort of ties back to like what we talked about the last time about feeling is like 
not just saying like, yeah, everything's okay. Everything's good. Like, 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 and you might have lied to yourself about that long enough that it does feel like you're believing it. But at a certain point, if you're lying about it, it's going to kind of blow up in your face a little bit. And that's where that's sort of like, and we've talked about this, probably do the workouts, do the thing. Like you can do all the what's, but if you're really fundamentally lying about all of that, it's that they're just, they're not, they're only going to last so long, you know? So, um, yeah, it was definitely a challenging experience for me. And I guess one of the things we're talking about, or when I started talking about this today was, you know, it's the answer is also not always what you want it to be. Like, like last night at the beginning of our conversation, like, and I was getting upset. Like, I just wanted you to, I don't know if I'd go so far as like, feel sorry for me, but yeah, just like put your arm around me. But don't you see that's the victim? I know. I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. What interrupting me? Bulldozing me? <laughs> yes, that is my point. That in the initial part, like that is what I wanted. And I just wanted support and feeling sorry and like. And the I remember and this is like kind of a funny story, but when I was in regionals way back yet when in another lifetime, and I. I don't do well with competition. A lot yeah, of anxiety. Lots of anxiety. anxiety. Camels not. Not able to be present. <laughs> so we had gone for lunch. It was like my last regionals as an individual, I guess, up at Reebok. And I was struggling. Struggling. And freaking out is probably more of a word. We went to Whole Foods to get lunch, and I was miserable. And I was being like number one victim. Like... I was doing a really good job of being a victim. You were impossible. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted you to feel sorry. For me. I remember very distinctly just thinking like, why is he such an asshole? Like, That's why can't right. he just like put his arm around me and let me cry on his shoulder and tell me I'm going to do a good job and, you know. But you didn't. What you told me was a lot of people came to watch me. I was, I should really like take a look at the fact that I was there and how many people would give anything to be in that position and that this was an opportunity. And so the last workout, I was going to smile. That's right. And like fucking get my shit together. And then you dropped me off and I had to run across the field at the campus because you forgot your wallet. But at any rate, and I did like do that last workout. It was also, but the reason for that, and it wasn't just, and you really do have a have a good, good way, skill, I would say, <laughs> of making me sound like a complete fucking asshole and a okay, heartless I'm, But husband. hold on. I'm, I am going to say oh, I did, quote unquote, deserve it. That's what I needed, just like last night. But make no mistake, you do, to get that point across, there is a certain hardness That's and right. You're right. You're wall right. that does get put up. And... Yes, from an outsider's standpoint. If someone walked up to our table and saw what was going on, they would probably say, like, wow, that guy's being a real asshole. Right. But t- to the to your credit, like, yes, it doesn't work to kind of be 
like, hey, I'm not going to allow you to do this right now. I am going to have to tell you. Like, that just, but, unfortunately, but it doesn't But it's also a resonate. function of, I think the, the other thing that's important to remember is the context of, uh, and the situation obviously matters, too. There's a time and a place to say, hey, cry on my shoulder. Of course. And, I mean, that's like... I'm not sure when that will be. It's still, <laughs> still waiting for that. Right. Never have I shed a tear on those shoulders of yours. Yes, and that's, but that's what I'm, that is my point. And last night, like, what I needed was, and it wasn't, and I wouldn't say you were an asshole last night. You were just, you were actually, like, very objective in many ways and just put it, and I, I described it today when I posted about it, like, holding a mirror up. And... If there's nothing wrong or everything's fine or how I'm being is perfectly fine, then holding that mirror up shouldn't be a problem. But if there's stuff going on and you are lying and now what you're seeing isn't what you want to see in that reflection, then that's there, there's nothing you're doing. It's just holding but that mirror But the other part up. of the regional story was also to the purpose of the smiling and the people and, and all of that. And I did say to smile during the fucking and workout. Did. And you did. And look at the people. And I remember and that. I do too. And it wasn't because it's like you owe them something. And the smiling. It was really what those were. Were little entry points mm -hmm. for you to come into the present moment. Yes. And for you to be in that moment. And that's what you needed. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the the other part with the with the honesty is that it helps you actually be in the present moment because if you're honest so for example having that having that victim thing oh my god charlie having that victim sort of anxiety forward projection of a of a not so cemented in outcome like, like when you get the anxiety, when you get anxiety, you're like, oh, so, something's definitely going to happen. It's like, okay. how the fuck do you know? Mm -hmm. It's a projection of a, of, a, of a future outcome based off of a present action that's not taken yet. Mm -hmm. So being honest with it, being honest with yourself in that present moment allows you to, you have to be in the present moment. And the anxiety is by very definition, you're not in the present. Mm -hmm. Just like there's that sorrow and sadness and depressive side of usually being in the past. And so honesty does get you into the present moment. And it might take a couple layers to get deeper there. If you think of like, whatever, the, you know, you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I'm depressed of something that happened. Okay, and then you're like you dig down with some honesty there. Okay, well, what is it that you're sad about? Like you know, really being clarified, getting deep within yourself, mm -hmm. and you can recognize that in this moment right now, something is lost. Mm -hmm. Something that you had is not here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like there's of course there's a reason to be sad for that. It is impermanent, and it was some, one of the things we talked about. Like, yes, that is a life is an impermanent thing. Can we step into the present now, though, to experience like more joy, more mm -hmm. gratitude, and more of all of these things? And it's then I think we can really have that more empowered 
approach to life being fucking honest and be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to like, I'm going to be in this moment right now, fully well knowing it's impermanent. Whether it's good or bad doesn't really matter. It's that I'm here. And so with you going and doing that workout, it was like you just needed to, I think, actually be present Mm -hmm. and be able to and be able to experience that yeah that situation because you weren't you were all of the story the the the, there was the whole story situation that was fucking you up and that that example kind of is like whatever but i my point in that was just yes what we need sometimes and i wonder about people who don't have that support it's hard so, you know, what that, well, I think that's, that's like, but, but, you know, then the other thing, and not that it's a, and I know I have this tendency to go external and look at like, what's everybody else doing? What's everybody else? I guess more so as like from the professional side, you know, like, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, one of the things I, that does inspire me or help me. And one of the reasons I think we're continuing to do the podcast is because if we can be that for other people. But like listening to, so that podcast we referred to the other week, you know, Olympic athletes, like people who have achieved huge things that has taken commitment and strength and perseverance and all these things who are saying like, yes, I struggled, I am struggling. But then sometimes I feel like, am I the only one like having a hard time here? Because, oh, what's the big deal? Why do we need to like, connect with ourselves in the workout like how silly is that just go and like do 100 burpees like Mm -hmm. okay am i on a different am i on a separate planet is there something wrong with me and i guess that's the sadness that like i do have you i do have a reality check to be like okay no like there's nothing wrong with me but i just wonder for people that are like shielding that because or so many people are walking around with this disguise and this mask so to speak and it's like, am I allowed to present that I'm struggling? Because everybody else seems to be fine and have their shit together. Well, what? Because of social media? Well, I just mean, yeah, and not just social media, but like people do. I mean, and this is last week's podcast, but like, yeah, people will numb out and just put on their face and act and present to the world that everything's fine. And so then when we do our thing or like, Hey, here's this gym where we really talk about the individual and stuff. It's like, what? Like, that's crazy. Or like, I don't need that. Or, you know, and it's just like, it doesn't add up all the time for me. No, but you said something. I forget what it was, even though it was only 30 seconds ago. But you said something like, you know, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not like fucked up. And it's like, well, you know what? Maybe you are. And I don't, I don't mean that like you, I mean like in general, like for example, for me, yeah, when I got out of the military and was home and all, and there was some crazy shit going on, like r- radical honesty was for me to look at myself in the mirror and say, dude, you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, you're, you can't tell me that your coach can't tell you that mm-hmm. your significant other can say the words, but you have to actually believe it. And if you are fucked up, that's okay. I guess I mean, yes, like the human experience, humans, the way humans are created with emotions and like that's just how we are. Like as a being, like 
it's more normal to experience waves of like, man, I feel this or I feel fucked up or this is hard or this is a struggle or than just like a smile and just plastered on your face all the time. Right. But that's, that's, and, and that's, there's deep, I mean, there's, there's in many ways, there's deep psychological problems and, oh my God, Riley, please stop. Oh, she's making the worst noise I've ever heard. You are fucked up. I am. But I don't judge it as a bad thing. And I guess that's one of the things like, you know, you can say that, hey, I have a lot of work on myself to do. That can exist. You can... You have a lot of... Say okay. it. Say it again. Okay. I have a lot of work to do. I have... My name. A problem. It's a, diag- <laughs> it's a problem. It's a medical condition. It's a condition. problem, but you don't even know the name of it. You I forgot the name. You can't even remember the name of it. That's how important I have the it is. problem, whatever that name is, of <laughs> awful sounds that elicit borderline murderous rage when you hear them. I, I have that problem. That's, that's going to be our next podcast. Okay. Bill's but the thing is... Problem. When if you have that, if if you do yes. look at that and be like, you know, I have work I, to do on myself. Yeah, I have work to do. You can you can look at yourself and be like, oh, I'm fucked up, or you know. And I say that kind of with jest, but and it's non-judgmental. It's just like acknowledging you have work to do. But that's what I'm saying. Don't you feel like all humans sort of have work to do on themselves? Yes. Like the, it's more so when people are like, No, I'm good. Like, like, like almost this weird thing like therapy or coaching but or when i hear like that, that when is... i hear that and i'll see that mm-hmm. and i'll see people either in events in workouts mm-hmm. coaching calls right. whatever kind of project that and, and 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 it's, it's that it's that acknowledgement it's that f- fake and it's not intentional and you're not a bad person it's a defensive guarding response because admitting you're not okay is vulnerability is opening yourself mm-hmm. up is saying like look i am like that nah, i'm not really i'm not really good and there's a lot of people who don't feel like they can admit that pressures of the world pressures of family pressures of sure their own self-imposed oppressions like to, I, it, it's i'm not saying that those people are putting cards up or 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 no, I understand. Not you know, judging deceiving people for, others yeah. because they're a fundamentally awful person. No, I believe fundamentally at the core of their being, there is love. It's just they're unable to somehow express it or they're mm-hmm. unable to connect with it. And it's very deep. And there's a like that's, that Tim had us watch or he suggests we watch that pole dancing yeah, documentary. Yeah. It was really, it was really interesting and kind of simple there was a lot of parallels with like the work you do with mm-hmm. it. This was a movement practice, but it was obviously much deeper than that mm-hmm. for these women. But it was interesting because there was one woman who like, there was a lot of uncovering going on and like these women, like bringing up their deeper issues that were not just about obviously pole dancing. Right. But this woman had said like, this is basically nonsense. And like, this yeah. is crazy. These people are just nuts and I'm good to go kind of. I yeah. don't have these deep problems. Yeah. And obviously like and I do see someone like that as like, okay, the chances there's there is probably stuff like we're all human. She's not a bad person, but the reaction to the reaction to it is like it's So like I defensive. think that's where we go into emotional fitness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing with it. If if we 
I see now emotional and mental fitness being thrown around the internet. The word. The words mm-hmm. and the themes. And I'm largely unimpressed. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean well, to sound... Well, it's easy to use those words, but okay. But when you're talking about emotional fitness and then you think, and then you say that emotional fitness has everything to or not everything to do, but when you're encouraging the pursuit of emotional fitness by overactivating the rational mind... You're entering through right. an exit. Like, no, it's not. Right. That's, that's very different. Are, Those are yeah. very different. And when you're saying, here's the five steps to emotional fitness, fucking hey, no. Like, I will just throw the bullshit flag and say, I, I, I really, really disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And we can disagree. And again, these people are not bad people. But you're saying because you can't get better at emotional fitness by thinking or five-stepping your way there, it's all very much about feeling and there's not like a quick path to that? Or I'm Yes. Just, yeah. Yes. Because when you ask people, like... Do these things. Right. And well, like, and that's very much like what people want. I want to know the I five know things. I want to know the five steps. I want to know the five steps. Mm-hmm. I want to know the seven things. Because that's easier. Yeah. And I and I, and I understand the utility to that. Yeah. I, I, I do. And, and from a consumer standpoint, I get it. From a small business owner, coach, whatever standpoint, I also get it. Right. It's not lost on me. Like, But it's also not really actually going to work. But I also don't think that it works as deep... It'll work to a certain, mm-hmm. it'll work well, to like, like a self-care. certain thing. Do these things for self-care. Yeah, like, it'll yeah, work. Preventative work, maintenance but... works for for so long. But then like you have to actually do some deeper work. Mm-hmm. I think emotional fitness in that sense, if somebody comes in and they're, emotional fitness is knowing how your emotions feel. And that's not the label of them. That's the physical signals and sensations your emotions are first embodied physiology and if you say you know what depression feels like you know what anxiety feels like you know what grief feels like you know what joy feels like you know what love feels like there was different emotions have different physical sensations of course there's a lot of overlap Mm -hmm. but that's part of the fitness it's just like saying well, that person's super fit because they can run. It's like, okay, can they do a single pull-up? Can they do a push-up? What about the dude who's like 900 you know, pound back squatter? Can they walk up the flight of stairs? Like mm-hmm. all of the different modalities, I think that's one of the things that you know, CrossFit did a very good job with is saying, hey, like we right. want to be pretty good at all yeah. of this stuff. And I would say We're fundamentally on. like, yeah, yeah, right on. Um, so with the emotional fitness piece, knowing what your emotions feel like, being able to connect them feel them, understand how they influence you, how they influence your thinking, how you they influence your actions. Mm-hmm. It's not just there's this category and then this category and then this car- category. It's all of them together creating a base of support. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a tripod. You take one leg out, the whole thing fucking tumbles. Mm-hmm. So you can't just separate. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, don't do emotions. Okay. Then don't be a human. So from the fitness standpoint, think about doing a workout. Let's just say 200 meter row, 10 burpees, 10 kettlebell swings. And you're going to go as hard as you can. You're going to rest a minute and you're going to do that for 10 rounds. You'll get a pretty good idea of your fitness level after about round two, right? If you're, if you're staying aggressive, maybe your pace is the same. Yeah. Or you just throw maybe up in the stay good. Mm-hmm. Or after round I'm two, dead. you're like, holy fuck, I'm dead. I see the yeah. light. Okay. You, you you can take that that workout 
is an experience that you're involved in. Mm-hmm. Someone with low emotional fitness can literally not be in a workout. And the workout being sitting with someone else, yeah. hearing someone else's deep so stuff. So for someone with low emotional fitness, like so last night, like that was a pretty intense working through some things. You're saying someone like you couldn't have, if I had low emotional fitness, your approach with me would have been a lot different because yeah. maybe they can't hear or accept or feel or navigate all that stuff. They can only take a small dose. Right. And I think that's then where if you're a coach, if you're a leader, if you're a loved one, if you're just a fucking human being, you owe it to the people around you to improve your emotional fitness so that you can be like, okay, this is the situation. This is the workout. The thing about the, the, as your fitness level increases, so does your ability to make workouts really fucking hurt, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the thing. Like you look at that and you're like, God damn that person. Like they pushed a threshold beyond, well, how did they do that? Well, because they're super fit mm-hmm. and they've trained for it and they know and they can. And of course, they have these mindset things and all these other, you know, kind of tangible. But it is kind of amazing, like emotional stuff. Like the option is turn everything off. Like so super shallow emotional fitness. Someone who's like flatline just feels nothing and is numb. And obviously we don't mm-hmm. want that. But when you do start to feel things and feel different things and expand that fitness, like you're saying with workouts. Yeah, things probably hurt a lot more. On the other side, joy, you can find joy and experience that also more. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes the hurt is like, man, I don't know that I want to feel this. And that's and that and I think then in the way of how do we care for people, we can empathize with people and say, yeah, it's not comfortable to feel that. Mm-hmm. It makes sense why you'd want to distract yourself and hide behind workouts or you know, not be honest because in being honest there is there is pain there is hurt but that's also something that it's there anyway Mm -hmm. like it's there yeah just because you turn the lights off and can't see something in the room it doesn't mean that the whatever's in the room disappears Mm -hmm. it's just that you can't see it but it is still there yeah and sure you can get into the whole perception and reality and blah 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 but like i think at the emotional level like yeah the emotion someone's emotional fitness I would say is equivalent to someone who has never worked out. So what does that mean? They don't know the movements. They don't know what it feels like to do the movements. Mm -hmm. They don't know the words. So from an emotional fitness standpoint, it's like, all right, they can't feel their emotions and they certainly can't fucking feel others' emotions. Mm -hmm. So they're generally numb. Somebody who's maybe got a little bit more, well, maybe it's, you know, at the they can feel a little bit, they can feel a little bit of others, but but then they then they kind of pull back and mm-hmm. then they, they don't know what to do. So you kind of there's a gradient, there's a scale, right. and I don't and know what it is. Increasing that, just like obviously like a trainer, you wouldn't take someone that dies after two rounds and then the next day bring them back and be like, All right, we're gonna hit that workout again. No, of course not. There's there's a better way to increase that person's tolerance and fitness and and so for people with emotional fitness Unfortunately, it's it's also not just like reading a book about it. Like there's there's actual coaching and someone who knows maybe more than that person helping them. That's a guide. That's a coach. That's a mentor. That's a teacher. That's their job. Yeah. 
to also help you and partner with you because it's not about it's not about if you're my client or you're my wife or whatever mm-hmm. it's not about my pers- my how I think I'm emotionally really fit in some areas and emotionally fucking completely unfit in others too mm-hmm. like it's not this one definitive thing but like if, I beat you at a lot of workouts so f- like physically you're fit but you're not that fit in some areas because I beat you. That's Same right. thing with emotional fitness. That's right. <laughs> I'm thinking of something mean and clever no. to say, but I can't. Um, what I will say that I think is kind of nice about this, and well, hold on a second. I was gonna okay. finish something out. Sorry. To improve your own, like to improve, you can't. You, if you're in a leadership position, or if you're in a guy position, or if you're in a coaching position, or whatever. Having that empathy of where that other person is at is your job. And also being aware of like, when is it too much? So your thing about like, would you come back and throw that person into the thing? That's about your own whatever. Mm-hmm. And so... As the trainer. As the trainer, the yeah. And so, you know, I think that's where you have to have a rep, a rep repertoire. Repertoire? Repertoire. Rapport? No. Repertoire of tools and understandings. And that's then where those things like, hey, what's an opportunity maybe? Mm -hmm. You know, hey, what about some journaling? Like that's where the what actually comes in. Those are all just different tools. Mm -hmm. But it's based on that individual and where they're at. What is their point of tolerance? You have a deconditioned athlete come in and you're going to just be like, all right, right on. And just fucking blast them. Right, because you like the sled and you like to go there. It's like, well, yeah, because you're like, oh yeah, that's awesome. That's how they want to feel. I, we had a new client, I had a, a new client at between years today. Her first session, not really like a not a gym goer, mm-hmm. but has reclaimed a stake in her health, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Super inspired, super inspirational. That, like blasting someone Mm -hmm. for the sake of proving a point Mm -hmm. could be the absolute worst thing you do Mm -hmm. it's about you and then it's about you and it's some insecurity and it's like see these workouts are so hard and here's the fucked up thing a lot of a lot of a lot of trainers out there well one they just don't know what the hell they're talking about and two it's like you make something really really hard at the beginning to create a gap between where they are Right, and so, where they want to go. Feel less than, and like, yeah. oh, now, now I need you. Because if it's not right. hard, super right. hard, then they might be yeah, like, that's too. Your, e-. Yeah, your approach, which yeah. is like creating a win for someone, having them feel good, because it's about them. But that's also not having that fear. Like, there's a very fundamental, oversimplified thing about like just doing the right thing for people. If not, someone says that wasn't hard enough, manipulating it, that wasn't hard enough. Mm-hmm. And we've coached for a very long time. Uh, yeah, that just wasn't that hard enough. It's always just a smile back. And it's like, I'm not buying that bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think what's funny about most people is, well, and that's what we do, is kind of like, okay, and if that person said that, it's like, all right. I I don't think we've ever, what's funny about that is we do, what our work is to connect with people, provide a win. So if someone does come into the gym and we know they've developed enough of that fitness physically and emotionally to say, you know what I really want to get after today, we can also do that in a safe way that still builds them up and right. isn't about proving anything. But right. I think this was like a really good What were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, and I didn't mean to cut you off and like wrap no, up no. soon, but like, 
you know, one of the things I did here on, because you asked me like one of the things like what, how, what does, what does make me feel good? Yeah. And well, there's a lot of things that make me feel good. As I said, that listening to positive, not positive, but inspiring, thought provoking podcasts, like that does fill me up and it's way better than listening to just BS or nonsense or sometimes even the news to be totally honest. Sometimes the news. Yeah, well, so the Rich Roll, which is kind of my new favorite podcast. Toby just sent me a new Rich Roll podcast, by the way. With the Adam guy? I don't know. It it was about endurance. Oh, okay. He said it's awesome. Anyway, um, they were joking, him, he, and the woman he was interviewing, who's, you know, successful, busy, mom, her husband, own a company, blah, blah, blah. Uh But they were all kind of joking that their podcasts with their spouses is like the time... Were they like... Oh, they have a podcast together? Yes. This woman he was interviewing, she and her husband have a podcast oh, together. Oh, okay. And she was saying like, yeah, sometimes I feel like, the, thank God for the podcast. It's like saving our marriage. And mm. it's kind of a joke and I'm not suggesting that, but it's like this one time where you sit down together, you have that hour. To yeah. like, because that is for us, I think, this isn't like stuff we never talk about. And now we're like, oh, okay, we got to like remember... Hey, we were going to talk about this. Let's read up on it. Like this is, this is sort of like an everyday conversation we would have. And in fact, today it's literally taking a conversation we had last night and putting it on here. But, um, yeah, it is kind of, it is a vulnerable space, but I think it's also really kind of a nice yeah, I think, thing for us. Yeah. I enjoy it. I mean, like, and seeing us as one of her things was like the team element like what we bring the value that we bring as a team we have you and you have your set of strengths and there's me and then there's like us as a team and that's really it's really kind of inspiring nice what huh <laughs> nothing it, it's huh? nice no, it, it, I, I remember you know. last night when I rolled over and I had that eye oh mask on. Oh my god! <laughs> I think I scared the crap out. I have a like weighted eye mask. A weighted I, eye mask. Well, that's the thing. It's like a lavender, puffy, but it's like the idea of it is a little bit of weighted, so it has that relaxation. What is it element. loaded in with? Just fucking bullshit and and like placebo? lavender beads and stuff. Anyway. Oh. But I put it on after we turned out the lights, and then I rolled over to give you a kiss. And I don't remember what you said, but it was pretty funny because I don't think you were expecting me to have this no thing on my. You face. looked over. You rolled over, and it was like a, I was staring at a fly or an ant or something. <laughs> like what the hell? Um, a massive fly, I guess. Well, you said that, not me. Anyway, that was funny. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a good chat. We'll uh, hope. Well, I don't know. We'll see about. This is going to be on Thursday. I don't even know. I might just upload it Today's right now. Thursday. Today is Thursday? Let's just oh, shit. Live on the edge and throw it up there. Throw it up there. Put it on the old podcast site. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Till next week. <laughs>